This episode of News Dump is sponsored by Honey. We certainly have a lot of really dumb news for you today, and we should probably start out with some updates to stories that we've been covering recently because major headlines are changing at a rapid rate. Now, apologies to anyone who was super excited about the news that Pete Davidson was leaving planet Earth, looking at you, Kanye, because due to a delay and apparent scheduling conflict, SNL's Pete Davidson has given up his spot on Bezos' Blue Origin spacecraft. According to the LA Times, the space flight, which was scheduled to take place next Wednesday, was delayed by nearly a week to March 29th, and Davidson is, quote, no longer able to make the flight. Oh. Uh, eh, I guess oh. I can't go to space anymore. Oh, the 29th? No, I can't go to space on the 29th. Uh. I, have, I have something that day. How do you not shift plans in order to go to space? What could possibly be more important? It's, it's odd that it's like, well, we have to move it back a couple of days. Well, oh, I, well. I can't fit it into my schedule I anymore. I guess his heart just wasn't in it. Yeah. Lauren, Ma- Lauren Michaels was like, you can't go to space on the 29th. I'm sorry. It's, uh, we're filming something Pete, We're doing special. rehearsals on the 29th. It's, yeah. uh, we're going to need you there to do the readings. <sighs> so if Bezos is taking suggestions on who to send to space later this month, now that Pete Davidson is busy, <laughs> we just got word this week that someone has a completely free schedule and is no longer serving time in prison. Mr. Bezos, Jussie Smollett is a free man and ready for the challenge of space flight. <clears throat> all right, in, in all seriousness, uh, Smollett isn't going to space anytime soon, but he is actually free from prison after serving just one week behind bars for faking a hate crime and wasting hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of city resources and countless hours of time while officials searched desperately for the bigots, the imaginary bigots that attacked Jesse Smollett. Uh, it was just last week that Smollett was sentenced to a few months in prison, which caused him to start yelling about how he was going to get epstein or something. And even just a few hours after being incarcerated in protective custody away from the general pr- prison population, his family members indicated that he was being held in a psych ward because he was at risk of self-harm. Yeah. There's been a lot of Jussie talk this week, and all of it I was very suspicious of. But according to a statement released after the accusation, uh, authorities indicated that, quote, The troubled actor was only in the ward because it's one of the areas in the jail where high-profile inmates are housed. Mr. Smollett is not being held in solitary confinement, the Cooks County Sheriff's Office said in a statement. The use of solitary confinement was abolished at the Cook County Jail in 2016, and any claim that he is being held in this manner is false. Okay. Uh, The sheriff said Smollett is given substantial time out of his cell and is able to use the telephone, watch television, and interact with staff. These protocols are routinely used for individuals ordered into protective custody who may potentially be at risk of harm due to the nature of their charges, their profession, or their noteworthy status, the statement said. Jussie was, despite all this, eventually moved to a different cell because of the complaints. It's like, okay, fine, here's another one. All right, you want to be in the general population? Sure. I don't even think he got switched to that. It was just like, here's literally another cell if this makes you happy. Starting to think this Jussie guy might not be trustworthy. Mm-hmm. Anyway, on Monday, Smollett's lawyers filed an emergency motion requesting that an appeals court suspend his sentence because he was already facing threats while in prison, which, okay. Uh, literally in a special housing unit, and within three days, people were apparently threatening Smollett's life. Mm-hmm. Not unheard of, but also a little suspicious given his propensity for falsifying reports. This time, however, the threats were apparently made public on social media and through direct phone calls to his family for some reason. That's what, uh, that's what the, the threats are coming from, uh, public social media accounts and calls to the family. Okay. Um, so according to his lawyers and statements made by family members, 
The 39-year-old entertainer has allegedly received vicious threats on social media that no doubt reflect the hatred and wish for physical harm towards Smollett, which he may experience during incarceration. And the family also released audio of a threatening phone call they received. Uh, at this point, Smollett was still locked up and apparently in the midst of a hunger strike, according to family members. Yeah. But even his initial sentence was said to be cut in half through good behavior credits, which would mean he would be released in mid-May. Literally, his entire sentence would have been over in mid-May. Getting off pretty light, Yeah, all things considered. But he got off lighter than that, buddy. Yeah. His release came a hell of a lot quicker than that because on Wednesday of this week, Jussie Smollett walked out of prison a semi-free man, at least temporarily free, while the uh, he appeals the case against him. Uh, here's the Associated Press. Jussie Smollett was released from jail Wednesday following six nights behind bars after an appeals court agreed with his lawyers that he should be free pending the appeal of his conviction for lying to police about a racist and homophobic attack. The former Empire actor walked out of the Cook County Jail surrounded by security. He did not comment as he got into an awaiting SUV, but his attorney said Smollett, who is black and gay, was the target of a racist justice system and people playing politics. The appeals court said Smollett could be released after posting a personal reconnaissance bond of $150,000, meaning he didn't have to put down money, but agrees to come to court as required. Um, and again, it goes without saying, but yes, the prison system in this country is horrific and well overused in nonviolent cases. But the never-ending saga of Jesse Smollett, who was essentially caught red-handed and found guilty of multiple felony charges, is fascinating to watch. Yeah, I think they should just... Uh, we need to bring back uh, exiling people. Just exile Jesse Smollett from the city of Chicago. Be like, you can't enter the city of Chicago for yeah. 10 years. Do your thing wherever the hell you want, just not here. Even that would be more severe than what he actually got. Yeah. Being banned from a city entirely for a decade is more severe than just, like, waiting it out for a couple weeks. And if this appeal fails, he'll be going back into prison at a time where he would have been out it's after the, time served. It's the dumbest saga. Yes. And it, at this point, like... I feel the, like he should just serve the time and get it over with. The initial investigation costs the city and county a lot in resources, money, and time. But, yeah. th but also, like, ugh, this case is also wasting everyone's... Money, time, and resources. Yeah. And this case seems to uh, never end. So just kick him out of the city. Say you can't come to Chicago. Sorry. I mean, realistically... Indianapolis is right over there. It, it's it a lovely feels, city. It feels like he's just... Despite public opinion, trying to legally clear his name. Because if he just... If he does serve the time, yeah. then it's like, well, yeah, then you're, I guess, admitting guilt. But at this point, I, I don't think, think it matters, the collective though. consciousness is just saying, just, just smir serve the time... And get it over with. Like if he if he does end up getting this case thrown out or whatever, like is that is is his career going to uh, rebound from? I mean, from maybe. What's happened to it? I I don't know. This you know who this rocks for his lawyer. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. He wants to appeal again. I bill hourly, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just do as many appeals as you want. Mm -hmm. Let's keep this case going as many hours, days, whatever you want. Yep. But let's move over to a story from this week that has it all. <sighs> Memes. Pepe the Frog, NFT drama, idiots losing their money, and lawsuits. If you remember about a year ago, we did a live stream about the documentary of Pepe the Frog and its creator, Matt Fury, who was nice enough to join us on, a, on the stream afterwards for a little interview. And at the time, he was prepping for the inevitable release of an official Pepe the Frog NFT, or NFTs as it would turn out. 
And in this specific scenario, it kind of made sense. I mean, Pepe had already been taken over by the internet and famously turned into a symbol for hate speech, but Pepe was initially and eventually returned to his role as an endless supply of customized cartoon reactions transformed millions of times by users online. Um, of course, someone was going to make Pepe the Frog NFTs, so why shouldn't the actual creator be the one to profit off of this inevitability? So in this scenario, I get it. Because at least the money should go to the guy who fucking created it. Yeah. 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 And that, that documentary was like one of the first times NFTs I'd even like heard of them. It was very all early these, on, All these yeah. like weird early crypto adopters like showing off their Pepe like trading cards. Yeah, and this what? was... You bought that for like $10,000? What is going on? And this was before the like apes and yeah. lions and all that stuff where it just became even dumber than it was. Because yeah. at the time it was like, yeah, artists are doing this. DJs are doing this. It's bad for the environment currently, but uh, artists are making money off of it, so, eh. So anyway, Matt Fury did have to battle with numerous Pepe ripoff NFT projects, uh, famously convincing OpenSea to remove a verified project from their marketplace called the Sad Frogs District, which brought in a reported $4 million at the time. Matt Fury launched uh, NFT projects in the weeks that followed, selling the original appearance of Pepe the Frog, saying his famous line, feels good, man as an NFT for $1 million worth of Ethereum at the time. Good for him. Mm -hmm. uh, after that, Fury launched another project called Pegs Dow, And at this point, we're going to assume you're already aware of the various terms related to this NFT shit, because we don't want to go over everything again. But for the sake of clarity, uh, DAO stands for Decentralized Autonomous Organization. Basically, the holders get to decide what happens within the organization. And in most cases, the more you hold, the more power you have. Uh, it's a web community. Yeah, yeah. In October of last year, Pegs Dow held an auction for a very limited, very special image of Pepe the Frog soaking in a pond next to a beautiful waterfall with his perky ass just peeking out of that water. There's a sexy image Ugh. of this frog. This image of a frog with a sexy ass sold for over half a million dollars worth of Ethereum at the time. And it turns out that wasn't the only sexy Pepe the Frog NFT. There were 500 of these cards. But the one that sold at auction was supposed to be one of a kind because 400 of those were going to be burned uh, and the remaining 99 would remain in the Dow, undistributed and unsold. So the auction winner, someone named Halston Thayer, had control of the ultra rare Pepe, a Pepe that yeah anyone could right click, but uh, only he could own. That is, until the Dow decided to release 46 of the remaining 99 rare Pepes for free, thus driving down the price of the auctioned off Pepe to a catastrophic new low. So the auction winner has now filed a lawsuit against Matt Fury for the Pegs Dow action in destroying the value of his once rare, now far less rare, Pepe the Frog picture. Uh, here's a summary, uh, or just a brief summary of the filing, just some opening statements from this filing. This is a real lawsuit that has to go to a real court with real judges and lawyers. All right. This action arises from defendants' unlawful, unfair, and fraudulent business practices, which includes their unfair, deceptive, untrue, and misleading advertising and wrongful actions with respect to an auction for a particular non-fungible token, NFT, that led plaintiff and others to grossly overbid on the NFT. Plaintiff, therefore, brings this action for fraudulent inducement, intentional and negligent misrepresentation, unfair competition, and unlawful business acts and practices, breach of contract, breach of the implied covenant of good faith 
than fair dealing and unjust enrichment. Uh, This very real legal filing uh, then continues. Despite defendants' previous statements and repeated representations that the NFT was a rare Pepe and unique asset, i.e. a -a one-of-a-kind NFT, on October 24th, 2021, defendants released 46 of the 99 remaining Pepe NFTs, significantly devaluing plaintiff's Pepe NFT to less than $30,000, hundreds of thousands of dollars less than what he paid for this purportedly unique asset. Upon information and belief, those 46 NFTs were given away for free. Which, yeah, I mean, look, this will certainly be an interesting case with a lot of implications if it ever makes its way to an actual courtroom. Uh, Basically, the only case that we could see the auction winner having is that he was tricked into buying something that he thought was unique and one of a kind, which uh, turned out to be false, I guess. But you're buying from a DAO. They could vote. At, at any, any point to, to do anything with it. Yeah. Yeah. But well. in, also in reality, uh, he got exactly what he paid for. His Pepe is a unique token. It's non-fungible. Just because there are others that were released for free doesn't make the link and token ID that he paid for any less unique. As we all know, you're buying a link and a receipt. His link and his receipt are still 100% unique. Your Honor? Case closed. Uh, this technically is the rarest Pepe because... He has the one from the auction. Yeah. The others are just worthless JPEGs because they were given away for free. And we're not sure. I mean, I, I, we are sure that he feels bad, man. But not entirely sure that the lawsuit will be successful. I, th- it's just going to confuse and anger a judge. Um, <laughs> though, uh, if it is successful, it will it'll open the floodgates for lawsuits from speculative investors who are very, very upset that their NFTs have cratered in value after purchase uh, across the board. Yeah. What do you mean these lazy lines aren't worth anything? Do you think I bought this because I think it looks good? <laughs> of course not. Have you seen this shit? Yeah. I bought terrible. this as a speculative asset. Mm-hmm. And then they went ahead and released more. Yeah. Can you believe it? This is bullshit. Uh, at the very least, it would be funny to see a enlarged and printed out version of this specific Pepe the Frog and his big ass inside of a courtroom while lawyers and a judge debate its value. God damn it. The ju- I, like, if, I don't know if this is justice, but the judge would be like, People of the courtroom, because it's not going to be a jury trial, I don't imagine. Uh, do we think this is worth $500,000? I'm like, I'm having so much trouble, like, imagining, like, Matt Fury dealing with anything. Because, like, even, like, like when, he got, when he got in legal trouble with, like, Alex Jones, he's just like, oh, man. Oh, I'm just a guy. He I seems don't very chill. Like, yeah. the, the <laughs> like oh, uh, yeah, I got to go to court. Oh, man. Your Honor, the guy bought in a, in a unique token. It is still a unique token. I don't control the DAO. It's we didn't like sell a... the other Pepe's. We gave them away. <laughs> His still has the unique token ID that represents its rarity. Yeah. It's the only one that has that number attached to it, Your Honor. Uh, anyway, we do have more news for you in just a second. But first, let's quickly thank today's sponsor for supporting our show, Honey. Honey is the easy way to save when shopping on your iPhone or computer. We all shop online. We've all seen that promo code field taunting us at checkout. But thanks to Honey, manually searching for coupon codes is a thing of the past. Honey is the free shopping tool that scours the internet for promo codes and applies the best one it finds to your cart. Imagine you're shopping on one of your favorite sites. When you check out, the Honey button appears and all you have to do is click apply coupons. Wait a few seconds as Honey searches for coupons it can find for that site. And if Honey finds a working coupon, you will watch the prices drop. I, of course, always mention uh, the the various online shopping and deals that I get. Uh, Elliot, you saved a lot of money on a computer. I did. Uh, I'm getting 10, 15% off, maybe free shipping on things all the time. And I'm just waiting for that Freddie Freeman jersey to drop. 
I'm going to use honey to get a discount. And racking up that honey gold mm. on the side. I, bought, I, I got a jacket with that honey gold, or a discount on a jacket for that honey gold. Uh, honey doesn't just work on desktop, though. It also works on your iPhone if you got one. You just activate it on Safari on your phone, and you save on the go. If you don't already have honey, you could be straight up missing out. And by getting it, you'll be doing yourself a solid and supporting this show. We'd never recommend something we don't use, so get Honey for free today at joinhoney.com slash newsdump. That is joinhoney.com slash newsdump. All right, back into the news now with, sadly, another NFT story because it relates directly to entertainment news, and it, it is a train wreck waiting to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mila Kunis, the actress, has launched an NFT project that will coincide with an animated series called, of course, The Gimmicks. Uh, the a little pe- on the nose. The people who hold the NFTs associated with the project will allegedly be able to craft the narrative of the show, which sounds like a terrible idea, yeah. and uh, it also looks like shit, and we have no interest in watching a crypto-based cartoon where anonymous investors decide what happens, but um, I guess it's not for us. There's yeah. still uh, some shred of desire out there to figure out how crypto assets can have any meaningful purpose in the world of entertainment, and because companies aren't close to milking these things uh, monetarily... They're going to keep uh, doing it. They, yeah. We're just we're getting an NFT show that's basically written by a DAO and backed by a production studio owned by Mila Kunis. Uh, this also isn't the first animated series based on NFTs that Kunis has been involved in. Uh, her and her husband, real power team here, Ashton Kutcher, uh, they released Stoner Cats last year, a series that was apparently only watchable if you owned one of the tokens. Yeah, toke and shut up. Mm. So yeah, this entire episode of News Dump feels like we're playing Mad Libs, and it it sorry. Uh, Anyways, here's crypto news outlet Decrypt with more on this latest project. NFTs can represent digital artwork and media, but they can also cultivate community and give holders a real say in a project's future. The Gimmicks is the latest example of that approach in action. Hailing in part from actress Mila Kunis' production studio, it's an animated series that uses Solana NFTs to let fans shape the storyline and character arcs over time. Developed by Web3 animation studio Toonstar, in partnership with Kunis's Sixth Wall, The Gimmicks is an animated web series about washed-up professional wrestlers trying to get back into the spotlight of the squared circle. Toonstar CEO John Atanasio described it to Decrypt as South Park meets WWE, but interactive and greasier. Sounds like shit. Uh, it also looks like shit. Uh, the animation examples that they've shown, they are nothing to write home about, especially considering the names behind it. And just, this is a constant thing that anyone investing in this has to grapple with. There is so much money flowing through these projects. How does it look so bad? Because no one, the talented people aren't, they don't want to work on it, I think. I think that's probably part of it. I mean, even someone who is doing contract work, animation contract work, it's like, oh, well, even if this doesn't go anywhere, it's still getting my foot in the door at Mila Kunis' production right. company. But, okay, so animation production, it's, it's also one of those things that is a lot harder than uh, people, a lot of people uh, assume it is. Um, it is a complex, time-consuming project with a lot of man hours in it, and it's very easy to go off schedule and over budget and whatnot. Like, yeah. it's uh, the management of a uh, animation production is... It's it's uh it's very tricky. My wife worked in animation for a while, and uh, when management and whatnot is bad, things things go very badly very quickly. Yeah, and well, and so my my thing is though is if you're 
this company, a Web3 company that definitely has funding, and you're Mila Kunis, and you're putting this out. They've already got the Stoner Cats, which brought in uh, millions of dollars or whatever. Wouldn't you want at least the promotional materials to look good? You would and then under-deliver later? You would think, but, I mean, you're doing a grift. Like, yeah. how much, mon- yeah, how much mean, money do right. you want to like, right, burn right. pulling off your grift? You want to you make out with as much as you can. <laughs> Yeah. Well, we could have put more into the animation, but that would leave less money for me. We could make it good, or we could make it shitty. The the like crypto, people don't care. The crypto freaks are gonna watch this shit either way. Yeah. Like if you see the shit that they love, this is gonna blow their fucking yeah. minds because these NFTs move. Ugh, God. Wow. Uh, yeah. It's look the decision making uh, portion of this, the one that's done by the hodlers. Um, it is actually minimal at best so i don't even see why this would be worth it to them is it like it's it's, essentially choose your own adventure it's like uh, a big gimmick in like the late 90s was like you tv shows would have like a hotline where you vote on (laughs) which character dies or whatever who shot mr burns call in and put your accusations what should the the next m&m color be yeah who shot jr yeah (laughs) um but yeah no it's it's basically monetizing the netflix choose your own adventure yeah uh thing except it's you apparently they'll do it on the fly for the next episode so they have to keep the cost low to be able to do it like that uh, yeah because animation takes a while and if people are only voting after each episode they have to wait to animate what happens next this is a bad idea it's dumb but you look at like something like south park but south park is actually a billion dollar brand so they are able to put an absolute fuck ton of money and the into people, the, into the, the people who work on that show uh it is it is a uh, they work non-stop yeah i don't think they pull i don't think like i don't think they do the six days to air shit nearly as much anymore because uh it was like slowly killing yeah all of them yeah. but uh i mean it, it's also it south park studios is a, a production company that has had literally 20 plus years to uh hone their workflow and actually make it uh, and 20 years of assets that are already yeah. made and ready to use yeah so yeah i don't see this working out no. um but yeah i think this is pointless i don't know if it'll uh, ever have an audience outside of the people who mint trade and sell these specific tokens so uh don't count on this um being the next big thing on your adult swim or your whatever streaming app because have any of you seen fucking stoner cats i haven't seen that one but there was that other one the the red ape family that was, uh, I oh, think yeah. I think you can watch it on YouTube. It is it is horrible. It is the least just just the not funny, not entertaining, not good, poorly acted, poorly drawn. Uh, well, if you spe- like, I think we I think we solved it because if you spend actual money on the production, there's none left for the actual grift. Right. Like you you're trying to maximize your. Hey, buddy, save some money for the grift. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, but let's move on now to larger entertainment news, because uh-uh, the guys, uh, the days of sharing your Netflix accounts with your friends, family members, and I guess sometimes dozens of other people, is coming to an end. Mm-hmm. In their latest experiment, Netflix will reportedly tack on an extra member fee to your monthly bill if they notice any abnormal usage that indicates a shared account. Sharing Netflix accounts has been a thing since the on-demand streaming portion of their business first launched, and... Surprisingly, Netflix looked the other way for quite a while before announcing that they were not only aware of the practice, but would be taking steps to dissuade users from continuing to do it. They gave gave everyone a taste, got them hooked. We didn't know how good we had it until after the pandemic when all these companies were like, we can exploit the shit out of the public. 
Yeah, and it appears as though this is more for the people abusing their sharing privileges by just handing out their passwords to almost anyone, and less so for people who maybe share a password with a spouse or a distant family member. But Not distant in the sense of, like, second cousin, but distance in yeah, like, actual physical distance. Yeah. Like, my, I, my dad has a tab on my Netflix account. He watches Ozark, and that's it. Yeah, I can't imagine them, like, going after people who have, like, maybe two or three distinct IP addresses con consistently logging in. Like, that that seems like... Yeah, it's, it'd be a bit different if it's ten different IPs, yeah. like, all at the same time. Yeah, that's worth yeah. pursuing, I think. Well, yeah, for now it seems, uh, I guess, to be kind of fair how they're approaching this. They, they will allow you to share your account with family, but they could ding you if they see strange logins and usage from outside of a small group of approved users. Also, this is just for three South American countries for the time being. Mm -hmm. They're kind of just dipping their toes. They've in, done this uh, before and then pushed it to yeah. pu pushed it to So here, here's Ars Technica with more. Netflix will soon charge an extra fee for sharing accounts with people in other households. The fee will roll out in Chile, Costa Rica, and Peru over the next few weeks and potentially go worldwide at a later date. Members on our standard and premium plans will be able to add sub-accounts for up to two people they don't live with, each with their own profile, personalized recommendations, login, and password at a lower price. 2,380 CLP in Chile, 299 USD in Costa Rica, and 7.9 PEN in Peru, uh, Netflix said in an announcement yesterday. Based on current conversion rates, uh, it, it all comes up about 2 or $3. Um, according to Variety, Netflix, quote, will notify members in those three countries who share their account outside their household about the new options. A member may be prompted to verify their account only if a device outside their household logs into the account. Netflix may then ask the user to verify the login from the device by sending a verification code. About a year ago, Netflix started showing warnings to some users who borrow login information. The warning said, if you don't live with the owner of this account, you need your own account to keep watching. So there you go. It's, it's pretty safe to assume that something like this will eventually roll out to other countries. Like, they have let everyone get away with this knowingly for, oh, quite a yeah. while. So expect to change those passwords and clamp down on uh, who can access your account if you have been sharing. When you uh, get on the website, you can just deauthorize yeah, really all the machines real quick. Uh, or if you've been watching on a friend's account, don't be surprised if they shut you out in the future. You're going to find out who your real friends are. Um, I don't know if I like it, but I, I feel like it works the way that Adobe does it. Where you can only have, it's I think it's two on yeah. at the same exact time. So if I got on a laptop and needed to use Premiere, it would force one of the other accounts to log out, and you'd have to log back in and switch it back. Yeah, it does it pretty seamlessly though. Yeah, so it might be something like that. But uh, yeah, the days of having fifty fucking people on one Netflix account probably coming to the to an end. They're also jacking up their their they prices, keep creeping the price up. It's what seventeen dollars a month now if you have like the four K enabled and it's not even like netflix i mean I, more and more i open up netflix scroll for like 10 minutes and i'm like i don't want to watch any of this fucking shit and then i go over to hbo max HBO which max has is... a, a, a legitimately much better library yeah netflix i'm i'm getting through ozark right now there's a couple things but it's like man i don't know yeah i spend a lot most of my time on hbo max because yeah. it does have a lot and they're not paying us to say that they're not if they were we would have to announce it. We would have to disclose it. Yes. But hey, they should, because I do like the service. So give us money for talking yeah. about it. Anyway, finally, and arguably the biggest news of the week related to the streaming landscape, Discovery Plus is officially merging with HBO Max, mm -hmm. which means that, in theory, all the content that was available on Discovery Network's standalone premium paid subscription app will migrate over to HBO Max, where users of that premium paid subscription app 
will now have access to it. Uh, we're not sure if this means a price increase or some kind of add-on fee in order to access Discovery content through HBO Max, or if there will be an entirely new app developed after the merger, HBO Discovery Max Plus. But uh, a lot of those ideas sound stupid. Yes. Just, just put the Discovery content on HBO Max. Be done with it. Yes, that would be the best case scenario. That way people will actually watch it. Because if people weren't paying the $5 that it cost to access it before, they're not going to pay that as an add-on just because it's slightly more convenient to not have to switch apps. I, I would love to meet that person. It's like, finally. And it's already it's I, I the most expensive. HBO Max? Yeah. I think, I think it's cheaper so. than Netflix now or the same price. Well, yeah, they're all slowly creeping up. But it has the biggest library, so Yeah. I mean, you get the entire HBO catalog, especially which can keep now. you busy for a long time. Especially now. But yeah, there's I did the trial of Discovery Plus. There was I can't remember what it was that I watched. Probably some crime documentary where I was like, ah, oh, okay, four bucks, let's go. I don't want to watch ads. Um and it was fine. There was enough stuff. Like if you mindlessly watch HGTV and those kind of things, like there's a there's a decent amount of stuff there to watch. Yeah, here's a show you should watch on Discovery Plus. Hey, th- there you go. Uh, the Ghost Town Terror, starring my wife. Yeah, <laughs> which just premiered uh, last week. It's also on regular Discovery TV. So set your DVRs. It's on uh, yeah, Travel Channel. Travel Channel. So set your DVR because uh, that counts as a view. That's right. Yeah. Uh oh. Uh oh. The disclosure police the are here. The content police. Yeah. Elliot has a financial and uh, romantic relationship from something that, <laughs> that he Romantic promoted. disclosure. <laughs> He's promoting his wife's show. No, you should watch it, though. It's great. I just saw the first episode last week when it premiered. It's very informative and entertaining. Yeah, it's, uh, it's spooky. It's a very spooky show. Um, but yeah, it would be great if that just came to HBO Max and more people were able to watch it without having to sign up for a separate service. Yes, yes. Uh, anyways, that's it for this week's episode. Go watch Elliot's wife's show. And uh, if, if you, you want to see <laughs> our show live in Texas, mm-hmm. uh, you're running out of time. But April 1st, we're playing at the some theater in Stateside Theater in Austin, Texas. In Austin, April Texas. 1st, sometime in the evening. Yeah. And uh, you are running out of time to get tickets. Yeah. Because I'm claiming a bunch to give away to my family so they fill out the seats. So mm-hmm. you better get to it before I do. Yeah. Yeah. So get your tickets now. There's a link in the description. Uh, if you haven't watched already, check out our episodes from earlier this week. We got Deep Fake Zelensky that Russia tried to pass off. But Russia Hello, made it, it is me, President Zelensky. I surrender. Yeah, and then a story about a Twitch streamer who was able to escape the invasion so far. So good. Yeah. And uh, check both of those out. Subscribe to the channel, and we'll see you soon for some weird news. Bye-bye. Bye.